Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and hanging out with me this week. So, my guest this week is no stranger to the Broadway stage. She made her Broadway debut playing Alphaba in Wicked on Broadway. She also was in the revival of the Broadway show Jacqueline Hyde. She made her original cast debut in Finding Neverland alongside Glee's Matthew Morrison and actor Kelsey Grammer. And most recently, she is known for her work as playing Lady, the middle share, in the share show on Broadway. My guest this week is Teal Wicks. Okay, so as an actor, I, there's a lot to cover. So as an actor, <laughs> did it feel different playing Alphaba in San Francisco than it did on Broadway? Yes, it did. Um, I... So when I did Alphaba in San Francisco, it was very exciting because it was, you know, they're opening the new San Francisco company and it was, it's so close to where I grew up. I grew up in Sacramento, which is like hour and a half, two hours from San Francisco. So I have so much family and friends in the Bay Area in general. So it just felt, it was very exciting because it felt like I was like the hometown girl Mm -hmm. um, opening up the show there. Um... So it was great, but I also, throughout the San Francisco run, had a lot of, uh, I got sick at the very beginning and had a lot of ups and downs with my uh, vocal health and just kind of yeah. overall health throughout the like my year of San Francisco. So it was a very intense time, um, and it was weird because in San Francisco, even though I was so close to home where I grew up, I had been living in New York for about like five years, mm-hmm. and my my um boyfriend who's now my fiance we've been together forever and ever he was in new york and it was the longest time that we had spent apart since we moved to new york together so even though i was close to home i was away from my new home and my partner in life and going through a very awkward time you know mentally Mm -hmm. emotionally physically health-wise and trying to navigate what it means to be the lead in this huge show and it was the first time, I mean, I, in Los Angeles, I took over for Alphaba for, like, the last half of my contract there. Mm-hmm. But setting up San Francisco was, it was freeing because we got to create our own version of the show with that whole cast. Mm-hmm. But it was also very, I put a lot of pressure on myself because it was the first time I'd ever, yeah, you know, was carrying this load from the beginning, from day one, and started limping kind of from day one so trying to limp through the finish line was really taxing but I learned so much I learned to be far more disciplined as an actor as a vocalist um I got a huge team of people that were really really supportive like my vocal coach and doctors and um like uh, Pilates that's when I really started embracing Pilates which Mm -hmm. has helped me a lot just physically to stay Mm -hmm. uh safe and fit yeah um so it was like it was this learning process of figuring out what I need to do to be able to sustain this type of uh life and career yeah um yeah so there was that and then when I started Broadway I had a year off from Elphaba um I did a few other things had a lot of like you know soul searching and whatnot Mm -hmm. and I was in a very healthy positive mental emotional place and I remember when I got the call that they were that they wanted to bring me to Broadway 
it was also my Broadway debut. So I'm yeah. like, what is this a big deal? And you broke two cases. <laughs> yeah. But I was, when I got the call, I was in Boston working on um, a very interesting, very artsy musical called The Blue Flower, which actually, funny enough, Stephen Schwartz was oh, yeah. the producer on. Yeah. And I remember we were in rehearsals and he was there and I had just gotten the call or whatever or the email from my agents and Steven was there and like at a rehearsal break he's like did you get the call did they tell you that's awesome I was like I was like yeah and I was in such a great place because I was creating this really cool thing that I just loved and felt creatively um fulfilled and I was much more healthy vocally and physically so I was so excited to go into Broadway and I entered Broadway with just knowing the things that I needed to do to keep myself healthy and sustain eight shows a week and Mm -hmm. also knowing that I didn't have to do eight shows a week I gave myself permission to take off the shows when I really needed to because I've pushed myself hard and then wasn't able to come back from that so I just approached it in a very healthy place and the company on Broadway that I joined was amazing like just so amazing and fun and fabulous the whole theater everybody there They've been there for a long time, so yeah. they're home, and they really appreciate, I think they don't take for granted the job that they have and the success of the show and this sort of home that they've all really nurtured. So yeah. that was, yeah, that was the difference. <laughs> what? Long-winded, but yeah. sorry. It's okay. Uh, what, did you have, like, a different sort of rehearsal process when you were rehearsing, when you were rehearsing for Alpha Blonde Broadway because you kind of knew the stage blocking, the lyrics of the songs and stuff like that because you did it in San Francisco and in L.A.? Yeah. Yes, it was. It was definitely more, um, compacted, uh, I think a shorter rehearsal period. But it's interesting, the Broadway stage is different. I mean, for one, it's a raped stage, which is a whole new thing. Um, and there were a few different, there are a few different things that are, that are different on the, all the shows outside of Broadway because, you know, that the Gershwin theater and stage was built for the show. So there's certain, the way like the monkeys fly, the way some of the rigging is, the way that like the broom flies in and does magic stuff is different from how it was in LA and San Francisco. So it was, yeah, it was different, but it was also really fun because the rehearsal studio is right in the Gershwin. Right, so I, I could, saw that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So I could just be there. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I could be there watching the show. I didn't. Wa- I also didn't have to watch the show as much because I had done it for, done it for so long mm-hmm. that I, I knew my version of the show and just had to figure out how to recalibrate it. In The hardest part of Broadway, though, was navigating the backstage. Oh, yeah, I'm it's, sure. Yeah. It's like and a whole other the show. Dresser, it's a whole other show. And our the dresser who had been there, the alphabet dresser for a long time, Kathy Mull, God, she was like, I would have never she's basically like fifty percent of the alphabet show. <laughs> she would just be like, Nope, nope. She's like, This is where you need to get some water because even if you're not thirsty, you're not gonna be able to get it. Oh yeah. And you have to do this here and da 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 like she knew all the tricks and yeah. That's amazing. So I've always went, I always ask different alphabets this question. How long did it take you post your run in Wicked to get all the green makeup off? Oh, <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I think it was a couple weeks. It was, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. It was definitely a couple weeks. It's funny though. I have, cause you know, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
And I had some hats, like some beanies or hats that I guess I don't clean them nearly enough. And I remember like one hat that I put away for a season, the next season I brought it back out Mm -hmm. post Elphaba. There was still like a green tint around the hairline or like right here, which was just funny. That's Okay, cool. Well, I was going to wear a hat in honor of you, but I only have like little like baseball hats and um, I don't have like fedoras because my head is huge. (laughs) Every that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything. You can find a beautiful hat for your head. Have you seen Wicked before? Like after departing the cast, have you ever gone back to watch the show? Yes, I've been back twice now. Um, I went for their 10 year anniversary you know they always were the big anniversaries they always kept they oh yeah not always but for the 10 year anniversary they asked they asked back their alums from the broadway company and there was a party afterwards and that was the first time i'd seen it and um katie rose clark who was my wait oh crap now i don't remember if it was katie i think it was katie i think she was still there so I think it was Katie Rose Clark, who was my Broadway Galinda, who I'm just obsessed with. Yeah. And then Lindsay Mendez oh, was Elphaba. Yeah. Um, and so that was just super duper fun because they're all amazing. Um, and then I went back again because I, it's funny you mentioned uh, Gina Claire, mm-hmm. because Gina Claire and I met doing a concert in Japan. Oh, wow. Um, a few years ago. Yeah. Really. It was super fun and super random. And so we were we were in Japan and she had been doing Glenda on the road. And I remember right when I, right, like not long after we got back, who stayed in touch because she's just a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, she got the Glinda standby yeah. uh, for Broadway. And so, and Jenny Denoya was playing Elphaba and Jenny Denoya was my uh, Broadway standby. Oh, yeah. And she's, I mean, God, Jenny's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I remember Jenna, I was like, Jenna, when you go on, let me know. I will, because I'm still friends with some of the people at Wicked. I was yeah. like, I'll see if they can sneak me in, and I'll like sit in the sound booth or whatever and watch. And so I did, That's and so, so cool. I got to see Jenny, which was amazing because I'd never seen her go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. Went on when I wasn't there, um, and then I got to see Jenna. And Cheryl Lee Ralph was Madame Morrible. Oh, I and saw her Broadway.com blog. Oh my god, her! It was just her take on Madame Morrible was so different from any other. Uh, take mm-hmm. any other performer I'd ever seen so it was just so fun to see uh, see her do that and then amazing to watch Jenna and Jenny just be dreamy yeah. and lovely and I sweet s- I yeah. saw uh, Kathy Fitzgerald as Madame Marble she was my Broadway uh, Madame Marble I she, love her she's hilarious God, she's- so moving on from Wicked we'll of course get to share in a little bit but I want to talk to you about Jekyll and Hyde there's only I only have a couple oh, questions right. about Jekyll and Hyde because I yeah. don't know much about it. Uh, was it intimidating to star in a revival? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it's funny because all of the most of the work that I had done, like the, my regional jobs and whatnot, were pre-existing shows. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, that's like a revival. But doing it on Broadway was just a big thing because there's so much more money, there's so much more pressure. Oh yeah, um, and. And I only knew the show so well. I was a big fan. Like, I loved Frank Wildhorn's music, mm-hmm. Scarlet Pimpernel. That, when I saw that musical when it was on tour, and I fell in love with it. And so that was my, like, hook into um, Frank. So it was really exciting, because, like, Jekyll and Hyde is such a 
such it has like a, such a cult following, like the Jackies that their fan base are yeah. diehard and um but we were you know, we were trying to make it feel contemporary and new to the people who were creating it. Um so it was just it was intimidating because the opportunity to recreate these roles and to like redefine them and uh, try to make it feel contemporary because the story is, you know, like it's, it's a Victorian story. So yeah. Old school. Um, so it was tricky. And also like my part, Emma is really only so fleshed out. So I was trying as best I could to like, how do we make her as relatable and real as we possibly can? And yeah. not just like a pretty fixture that just, sings lovely little songs and then you know flips yeah. in and out um so that was that was that was that was tricky yeah and I won some battles and there are more there are more things that now looking back I wish I had been ballsy enough to bring up but it was also my first time yeah my first time originating a show right. opening a new show on Broadway so I didn't quite know where the line was and how to tow it and when I could cross it or not. And knowing the team, like Jeff Calhoun, who's a director, I've worked with him several times after. He's such a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. And he always says for every show, he's like, we're all putting this, we're all doing this together. There are no bad ideas. Whoever has the best idea wins. Yeah. So like, it really doesn't matter. And he said that. And I was like, oh, sure. Great. Love it. Oh my God. That's wonderful. Totally. But I didn't fully... Embrace that ideal. So, yeah. So I gotta ask you about Finding Neverland. I remember I asked you a couple questions about it on your Tuesdays with Teal. I commented a few questions about it. So, were you a big fan of Peter Pan before Finding Neverland? Yes, I love Peter Pan. Love it. I have loved it since I was a child. Um, I like to say the first professional professional theater uh, like Broadway musical that I saw on stage was the touring production of Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby and I was just like in heaven because it was it was Peter Pan it was flying it was music it was a bunch of kids like running around it was fantasy it it just like encapsulated all of these things that I was obsessed with Mostly the fact that she was flying yeah. across the stage. I was just like, oh, they can do that? How do they do that? So that definitely was one of the shows that was my hook into... Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> into, like, what theater, the magic of theater. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I love it. I love fantasy. I mean, Same. I love the idea of never growing up. I'm trying as much as I can. I wanted to live in a tree like all the Lost Boys. Aww. I grew up um, with 10 acres around me out in Sacramento, kind of out in the farmland. So, mm-hmm. And I was an only child. So I ran around in the trees and climbed trees oh, yeah. all the time and like just created my own world. And I definitely was pretending that I had my own little like, like Lost Boys uh, hideout. Um, in my trees in my backyard. That's amazing. So in uh, Finding Neverland, you had some pretty bomb actors in there with you. You got Matt Morrison and you got Kelsey Grammer. So were you fans of them before working with them? What was it like working with them? Like, tell me about your experience with Matt and Kelsey. Well, um, 
it was very Kelsey Grammer. I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. Matthew Morrison, I felt, I don't know why I, I didn't know him at all, but like he, I felt like I had some slight connections to him through just people, friends and whatnot. So I knew that he was going to be cool, but I also like, you know, coming off of all of his TV stuff, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but God, they were so nice and so fun and just like, they were such great leaders. I have to say, Matthew was like the best, uh, our best leading man for a brand new company and a brand new show. He just, he was, he was so disciplined. He worked his butt off, but he also knew like when it was time to have fun and when it was time to joke around. Mm -hmm. And he had this amazing, gorgeous dressing room at the Lunt Fontaine and he, Basically, he was like, open door policy. As soon as the show's down, as soon as I'm, you know, dressed, mm-hmm. uh, he put this, we called it the shadow bar. It was like a little, like, bar, and it would spill out into the hallways, and we would just do these, like, after the show, we'd all just be like, are we doing shadow bar tonight? And even if he was going home, he would be like, the shadow bar's open, you guys hang out, do whatever you want. And Kelsey also, like, would host little things, and it was just, it, it was just such a, it's just such a, a to embrace like the family of what you're creating of like the show family and really holding to that and like laura michelle kelly god she's she's a dream yeah she's a little butterfly magical thing oh yeah she also was like was right on board with that but in a different way because all of her stuff is like very whimsical and yeah like, oh we should do this and we should do that and and it just took somebody being like okay great idea we're actually gonna make it happen so that's yeah. amazing do you so since being in finding neverland have you watched like the allison williams and taylor louderman peter pan or like peter pan on disney plus or anything like that uh yeah i saw the peter pan live right yeah with allison williams peter pan yeah with allison williams and taylor louderman um and i also knew a lot had a lot of friends in it that were pirates and lost boys and all of that yeah um yeah it was it was great because that oh i forgot so yes i mentioned kathy rigby yeah the touring production yeah but i grew up with the tape the vhs tape of mary martin's peter pan that they it was basically the stage version that they filmed Mm -hmm. um i actually knew that i watched that peter pan more than i watched the disney animated peter pan yeah so like that was my peter pan so the whole so watching the new one with Allison Williams and, and Taylor was so funny because it was reminded me of when I was a kid watching the Mary Martin one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, it was so great. I have to say Taylor blew me away cause I knew Taylor, but like she, her little Wendy was, was adorable. So, so adorable, but also so like she balanced that line of like youth and maturity. And, yeah. um, anyways, that's when I was just like, Oh, that's amazing. Taylor, oh my god. So, of course, I got I can't interview you without talking about Cher. I yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I saw the Cher show. I went for my high school graduation with my dad. We came and saw you guys and we went and saw Frozen. And nice. it was my first stage door experience. I didn't I sadly didn't get to see you, but I did see Michaela and it was and uh, Michael Barras and it was the day that Michaela was being filmed for Inside Edition. Oh right, yeah. It was that day, and I'm actually in the B-roll at the end. You can see my dad taking a picture of Michaela and I. That's funny. So That's it was so one funny. of my it's like one of my favorite shows of all time. Like got my heart. Like 
was ama- just I have no nothing but positive things to say about that show. Oh, thank you. I love it. And I miss it a lot. <laughs> so, what is something Cher has taught you about your profession? Ooh, about my profession. That's a good question. Um, that it's that it's never not going to be hard. As a woman, it's it's always going to be there. There will always be more battles to mm-hmm. fight and more hurdles to overcome. Um, and that the only way to continue to have success is to not be afraid to speak up for yourself. That's amazing. And to fight for the things that are very important to you. That's incredible. That you need to know what matters to you, what is important to you, and come bring that to the table and hold on to the things that are the most important because you will fight with those things tooth and nail. And then the things also know that there are some things that you're going to have to let go, Mm -hmm. but to really hold on to the things that are the most important to you. And there are some things that you should not have to compromise. Oh yeah. And yeah. And so she's taught me that, and that it's always going to be like that, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) And I know that you guys all had, like, a little one-on-one time with Cher. So, as a big Cher fan, I've seen Cher in concert and all that. I've seen a bunch of her movies. Uh, what is something that shocked you when you, like, got to talk with her about herself? Like, was she down like her, was she down to earth? Was she funny? Was she, like, tell me a little bit about who what she was like as a person. She, um, it's so, it's so funny because, like, Cher, like, it's still, I don't know who there's so many layers to her and because she of the life that she's led the the she's been famous since she was a teenager more or less Mm -hmm. and has had so much success and also so much failure that like her um her kind of armor is is pretty thick and she has weight she'll take some of it off but she's very I feel like she's very honest and to the point mm-hmm. everybody knows that she, oh yeah she, she will, she like, will speak right her mind. to the source of everything but as far as her being very very vulnerable it takes a lot of trust and a lot of time for her getting to know you for her to feel comfortable being vulnerable and showing her very very open honest yeah i don't want to say honest because she's pretty much always honest oh but, yeah there's you know a vulnerable vulnerability that is hard to find and it's funny because you can see it in her acting that's why she's such a was such a great actress like she would just kind of let it loose let oh, yeah. go of the the share of the superstar and just be oh. this character oh yeah characters but i'm so intrigued to know like the people that are closest i've realized that the people that are closest to her she she is very very loyal to the people that mean the most to her and help her the most. Like she's her close knit crew has been the same crew for a long, long time. Like Polly and all that. Exactly. Like Polly, her mom, her, her manager, um, Chaz, her, her, um, Oh my God. Her voice teacher. We met her a few times. I forgot her name. God, she was so sweet. Chaz, Elijah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Chaz, Elijah, yeah. Did you meet Elijah? Um, Michaela told me she didn't, but did you? No. I don't know if anybody did. I don't know. I don't know if he came to sh- the show. There were rumors that he did, and then rumors that we were that he didn't. So, I don't know. I think but Karen Diamond he, said he came, but I don't remember. 
I know. I don't. I don't know. Cause I didn't meet him, and I, it would be weird. It's. I mean, yeah. Meeting Chaz. Chaz came twice, mm-hmm. um, and I know the first time when he came, it was he had to come back because he was like, I couldn't. He was like, I, I watched it, but I couldn't like really watch the show. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to watch that and watch, you know, his life and a chunk of his life and his dad and all of that. Oh yeah. But, um, did any of Sonny's yeah. other did any of Sonny's other kids come? Because I know he has kids with different women. Did any of the other kids come or just Jazz? His, I think his daughter Mary. Oh God, wait. I think Mary is the wife. I don't know. Yeah. No. It was. It was Mary came and I. I think one of his daughters came but then I also don't know because it was in Chicago oh yeah um, Mary his ex-wife came or yeah his came wife, and yeah. I guess wife they, wife they were yeah but um came in Chicago and I thought at least one of his kids came with her but we didn't meet his the kid afterwards we met Mary, Mary. very briefly it was also in Chicago, and it was kind of like a whirlwind, yeah. and we were like, ah, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I love playing little games with my interviewees, and the game that I oh, decided I to it. play with you is called First Impressions. I'm going to give you a list of, mm. I'm going to tell you a name of, I have eight people from the Cher Show family, and I would love if you could tell me your first impression of each of them. Oh, great. Okay, ready? Emily Skinner. Yeah. Let's start with Emily Skinner. Oh. <sighs> um, She... But for, is that her, like, this is going to sound so, so just terrible and shallow, but, like... It's okay. If I need to cut skin, it, I will. Her skin is so stunning that I, like, the first, like, two weeks, I was like, I don't know how old she is. I mean, I know I can look up how old she is, but, like, I was like, I thought she was older, but she also looks so young, and I don't know. I was just blown away. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> In my mind, she was older than she is, I don't, and I feel terrible saying that. Sorry, Emily. But but as soon as I met her, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how are you playing Steph's mom? Because <laughs> you guys look the same age. <laughs> uh, Matthew Heidzik. <laughs> he was a sweetheart. Um he was, yeah, just a sweetheart. I knew about him. I never met him, but I knew about him going in. And um, just when I met him, uh, he was very, very open and, like, very just, like, hey. So, like, oh, yeah. my gosh, hey, what's up? <laughs> da, la, 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 la. And I was like, oh, yay, yay, because we were newbie, you know? Yeah. Some of us that were newbies, and, yeah. Um, so this one, it also follows up with a question. Michael Campagno and did Rob Camaletti ever come to the show? Oh, got it. Michael, I was like, who is this? Who is this, like, broody, dreamy guy? <laughs> um, his hair. I mean, his, like, hair is, like, everything. Oh, yeah. Um, I spent so much time also being like, does it, does it just do that? Or do you have to, like, work at it to do that? That's hilarious. Um, I know. I feel bad that so many of my first impressions are, like, <laughs> it's okay. ones. Um, and I don't think Rob came. I really don't think so. Yeah. No. If he did, it was super sneaky, and he told absolutely nobody. But I think he like lives in California and yeah. he's a pilot, and yeah, yeah. Michael Barres. Oh, Michael Barres. Um, I'm trying to think of my first impression. Basically, I can't think of like a word, but 
he basically he was like the person that I was like, oh, you're like you're gonna be a good like go to confidant and um and like you know somebody that I that like mm-hmm. I can like lean on. Yeah, I was like he's gonna be a good shoulder to good shoulder and ear. Love it. Um, to have when things get intense. Jared. Jared. Um, I was just very, I was like, was how right on he was for this part and how excited it was going to be to get to do these scenes with him. Especially Mm -hmm. because, like, our scenes, you know, we had them, like... Oh, yeah, you had, like, like, the breakup, you had the start, you had, you had a lot with him. And, yeah, and, you know, that's when you know you're going into that, it's very exciting. You just hope that your scene partner in that is going to be as wonderful as Jared is and he was and I knew he was going to be great but then when I really and I'd met him before mm-hmm. um but yeah but oh I do have to say my very first the first time we sang together the first time we had our music rehearsal for our duet the first time he opened his mouth I was like oh my god are you kidding me that's what I thought like, when he first sang so spot on. that's what I thought I'm like oh my I was like because I know he, his voice is amazing, but it just, like, I was like, you are the best version of, you sound just like Sunny on his most, you know, probably better than Sunny ever actually sounded. Sorry, Sunny. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. saw something, Shira sent him flowers and was like, Sunny would be so proud. He would love you. Yeah. Oh, she loved Jared. She <laughs> loved Jared. She also loved Heidzik. Like, um, Heidzik's Greg, she was like, whoa she kind of felt like she was creeped out because she was like you have his walk like down pat um yeah that's amazing (laughs) i'm sure like i love when they sang on uh fallon oh my god i know and she was just like loving up on (laughs) jerry but i think she because she just was so i think she was so impressed with jared and to be able to you know do that song with someone other than you know in her concert she does it but it's yeah like it's screen. like the virtual yeah that's what yeah. i saw when she was like, here real eyes to look in and she yeah it was it was pretty cool that's awesome i yeah i never knew that she like had a love for uh jared specter oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all like okay sure can you, can you, how about, how about us? <laughs> she may have favored jared just a little bit more I know. We're also like he has a gorgeous wife, so. Uh, Michaela. Oh my God, Michaela and I met getting our our at the wig studio, getting our wig wraps done, and and it, just when I met her, it was just like it did. She felt like I was like, oh my God, my little sister. Mm-hmm. She just you know I knew she was young, but then she just also seemed. Like, I realized how young she was. I mean, at least compared to, you know, me and all this. And um, and just her her joy and excitement and the, like, youthful energy that she was bringing was just, like, smacked me in the face. And all I wanted to do was, like, hug her and just hold on to her. What about SJB? Oh, Steph. Oh, my God. Well, I've known Steph for a bit. I – we have, like, random – things from where we grew up and family that kind of mm-hmm. are all linked to each other but I really got to know Steph I did a show with her husband with, um, uh, at Seb. second stage a long time ago and 
I got to know her really through that and like my character and Seb we had a love affair and we had kind of a very oddly intense like song that was very oh, wow. physically intense and all of that and um, you know it's a little nerve wracking oh know, yeah meeting and knowing his wife uh, but Stephanie was always just super duper cool calm collected gracious and always incredibly supportive um, she I just she's always rooting for others and yeah and she, I remember her being very complimentary towards like what I was doing and in the show and and seemed to really be rooting for me for like day one and when the share stuff came along when I was auditioning for it she reached out and was like you this yes this is you I am so behind you and yes whatever you need I'm gonna we are gonna make this happen that's amazing so. and she also had a nice bathroom I did watch you guys on stars in the house the other night <laughs> <laughs> and I did yeah. sing along I was singing along with you with your singing I'm sitting in my bed I was watching it and I'm like sometimes I know <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I do too. I I had I had the Share Show album on repeat for like three months after I saw the show, and a little bit in quarantine. Oh. And uh, that I like know all the reason why I know all the words to that song is because of the show. Yeah, I understand. I used to listen to my albums backwards and forwards all the time. I I there was a time I could almost do it now. I'd probably hiccups a few times, but that the Rent album, mm-hmm. the original Broadway cast, I could do the whole thing start to end gotta love you gotta love a little bit of seasons of love every once in a while yep so one thing that i talked to michaela about and i think you would probably agree is so besides share being pretty much the mascot of the share show i would say the mascot of the share show is miss vv arcellis oh yes (laughs) so tell me a little bit about hanging with veeves oh veeves um (laughs) she (laughs) She's such her mother's daughter. It's so, it's so funny. She's so well-spoken, um, like notices everything, is so, is just so aware of what's going on and like can kind of cut to like the heart of things and has a, has a depth that you're like, what? How She's old are four. you? Clearly you are an old soul. Like clearly like this is your fifth, Six, seventh time being reincarnated on this earth like, <laughs> you have too much knowledge um and then she also like it's just and she's so oh, she was just really fun like her whole like she had the barbies and she was calling Cher princess sparkle pants and oh yeah she like would know the words to the song so well and would be like this is the michaela part this is the teal part um and when she would come to the theater, oh my god, the times when, like, we would just see her, like, Sebastian would just have her kind of, like, at the back of the house, and he'd be like, I didn't want to distract anybody, but as soon as, like, Phoebe's there, even if she's quiet, there's just an energy, and we're all like, Phoebe! There she is. Oh. And she just, like, so so much of the cast, because she was there during rehearsals, people would come and hang out with her, she'd, like, hang out with people in in the house, like, the cast members, and they'd just be like, doing games and doing all this sort of stuff and um yeah she's adorable and she's hilarious i see stephanie's instagram videos and pictures and vivi's hilarious she yeah her comedic timing (laughs) i'm like girl can you teach a class i'll take it uh instead of the share show have the vivi show 
the Vivi show. I know. <laughs> Did you see that video that she just posted of her singing to the dog? Yes. It's Makako. Oh, my God. That's it. And I was just like, she knew all the words. The girls just want to have fun. I don't even know and all the words. I, I didn't know that what that song was until I was like seven or eight. She's five. I know. And she knows all the words. And she would make up songs. Like Stephanie would, would she'd start singing a song. Oh, I don't even know. It would, she just, she's a magical little child. And she has the best <laughs> sense of humor too. Yeah, it's crazy. And I saw something on Instagram, and Stephanie wrote, uh, me and Vivi have arguments as to who can be married to Seb. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's really funny. And I don't know them personally, but I'm sure you could, uh, like, put two and two together. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That makes so much sense. That's hilarious. Seb, he's, wow. Yeah. They're, they're such a special family. So I have some funny, goofy questions to ask you because I'm sure okay. you get asked the same, like, Broadway questions all the time. So who are some of your favorite artists to listen to? Ooh, artists to listen to. Um, uh, Brandy Carlisle. I love Brandy Carlisle so much. She reminds me of you. Um, I've been, uh, I mean, basically because I, I want to be as close to much as of her as I can. I'm just, I I love her voice. I love her songwriting. I'm, I'm just obsessed. Um, uh, I've been listening a lot recently just to, um, Nina Simone. I listen to Nina Simone a lot anyway. She, she like comes in and out of my life, um, many times and inspiration and whatnot. And, uh, I, I listen to a lot of music. I love, I love music. I, don't listen to as much like theater music as I used to. I think because I'm in the business, so yeah. it's a little bit harder to listen for just like sheer escape and enjoyment. Um, but um, uh, I'm trying to think of another like. Uh, <laughs> I I've been listening to Led Zeppelin. Oh. Because they, I I've always loved Led Zeppelin, and there's something about right now they're their music um really just takes me away mm-hmm. um it's, it's yeah they get all of my emotional notes when i need them to and when i listen to a led zeppelin song i literally feel like i escape into some magical forest coastal landscape with pixies and fairies and yeah. love it uh what are some of your favorite stores to shop at stores to shop at uh-huh um um, I mean, I really like Anthropology. It's always just sometimes fun just walk through an Anthropology store. Um, can I say the farmers market? You could say <laughs> the farmers market a store, but I, I love miss, going to a far- good miss... old farmers market every once in a while. Yeah. We don't have I very bet, many over um, here, but I like going one time. No, oh, not really. No, you have one like a half hour, it's... but that's about it. Yeah, I miss going to the uh, the Union Square Green Market. Uh, I don't go really now because I have because of quarantine, mm-hmm. and because I'm also as much as I love a farmers market, um, I spend a lot of money there, so I'm trying to save my money. Um, yeah. Uh, if you could only have TV or internet in your apartment, what would you keep? Oh, internet. Internet. I need to. I mean, in a in a way, it's kind of tricky because I could still watch stuff on the internet. Yeah, that's true. But, I need to be able to research stuff. I need to be able 
to have my like streaming music um yeah and then I would just read and instead of tv who is your favorite cartoon character oh ooh, good question my favorite cartoon character oh my god thanks to my handy dandy book my fourth book of four thousand questions that's where i got some of these questions from my favorite cartoon character um I'm gonna. I can't think of anything other than um, like Family Guy. <laughs> Stewie. I reference Peter Griffin stuff so much just because he's stupid, ridiculous, hilarious, and usually relatable. Mm-hmm. And another game. Let, let's do a little two truths and a lie. Will you tell me two truths and a oh. lie, and I can try and figure it out? Oh gosh. Okay. Oh my god, this is really, really intense. Two truths and a lie. Um, I can't think of lie. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Tuesdays with teal on a Friday. I know, right? I'm yeah. Like, um, okay. I'm a natural redhead. Uh, I sprained my ankle because I was late for a cue on stage, but still made it on stage for my cue. But still sprained the ankle. Really bad. Um, and, uh, and I played soccer, uh, competitively in junior high and high school. Oh, Lord. I'm not going to say that the ankle thing is a lie because you gave a lot of detail. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So were you a soccer, I'm going to say the lie is soccer. No! Oh, what? I was a blonde growing up. I don't know what color my hair is now, but it sure ain't red. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I did play soccer. That's so cool. We gotta get a soccer musical on Broadway and have you star in it. Oh my god. I'll be like the coach. (laughs) That's hilarious. There was the play The Wolves. Um, That was all about soccer. That's cool. Oh, Miss Tealwix, thank you so much for spending time with me and hanging out with me and allowing me to interview you for my podcast. It was an honor and a pleasure, and I can't wait to hopefully catch up with you soon. And to the listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with me this week. I will see you all next Friday with actress Kelly Barrett.